Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hello, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. So I'm very excited because Addicted to Busy used to be a one-to-one coaching program. In recent months, it's become very evident that burnout is a true problem within our industry. And I've decided to switch over to a group coaching program so that I can serve more people because a lot of people are suffering from how demanding this industry is. I've also been doing a lot of public speaking, working with different associations, and I've just been trying my hardest to get my message out to as many people as possible because I am watching multiple people suffering both mentally and physically because of the stress of this industry. It's really heartbreaking when I see people whose health has been impacted or their relationships have been impacted because of the demands of our industry. And I'm very passionate about sharing the tools that I've learned and what my clients have learned and what's working for them. And since I've been switching from a one-to-one program to a group program, I decided that this would be the perfect opportunity to go back through the course materials that I offer, update them, rewrite them, re-record them, update the worksheets. And I just recorded the month one intro video plus month one homework. And I have exclusive material for my coaching clients that is separate from the podcast. But after I recorded the month one video, I decided, you know what, this would make an excellent podcast. And one of the reasons why is because it goes over why you should journal, the benefits of it, and a really simple explanation on how to do it. You know, when I think of everything that um, I have tried over the years to stop bad habits, create better work-life balance, or even just go after random goals that I have. Journaling is the one thing that has been constant and useful and has helped me get from where I was to where I am. And I think a lot of people take it for granted and, or they just don't incorporate it at all. So this week's podcast is a little bit different in that I'm just going to play you the month one video and homework assignment that my group clients are going through. And I hope that you find it valuable. This is not an intent to sell you on the program. I just think that the material is useful and that you will get a lot out of it if you put it into practice. Plus, I'm just trying to get as many people to journal as possible. Let's be honest. So this is a little bit of a longer episode this week. If possible, I encourage you to don't listen to it while you're in your car going for a walk. Actually sit down with a piece of paper and write down what sticks for you, write down what resonates with you. So without further ado, here's the video. All right. Welcome to month one. I cannot tell you how excited I am for you. When I was prepping to make this video, I was recalling my first experience in a coaching program. 
And I honestly had no clue what I was in for and just how much I was going to change and grow. So having been on the other side of this more than once, I cannot wait for you to see everything that you're going to do on the other side of this coaching program. This program is all about helping you create better work-life balance and bring more fun into your personal life outside of your career. The truth is our industry has changed immensely. Back when I started well over 10 years ago, we did not have email on our phone and people were still sending faxes as a primary means of communication. So as technology advanced, we unconsciously got caught in some truly bad habits. We didn't know that those habits were going to be so costly. And yet we still have to do the work of unraveling those habits and establish better boundaries between work and life. The honest truth is that many managers are suffering real consequences to their health, both physical and mental, because they're stuck in these habits that are no longer serving them. It kind of begs the question, what's the point of striving for another promotion, another pay increase, or another addition to your portfolio if your mind and body aren't well enough to enjoy the benefits of your salary? What's the point of having a high salary if you can't find the time for your own hobbies and interests? When I see managers whose health is suffering because of the demands of property management, it absolutely breaks my heart because this is preventable. The main goal of this program is to teach you how to stop working reactively and start working intentionally. I'll say it again, and I want you to write this down. We're going to build awareness around when we're working reactively, and we're going to start choosing to work intentionally. One of the fears that people have when it comes to figuring out work-life balance is that they think I'm going to tell them to just cut down on their work hours. And people will assume that means I'm asking them to do less, which leads to many other fears, mainly that if you're working fewer hours that you're going to produce less and therefore you won't get promoted or receive a raise. And that's not necessarily what we're going for. What we're trying to do is figure out how to produce more results, but on less time and less energy. So here's an example I want you to consider for yourself. Imagine that you have five big tasks that need to get accomplished and then say 20 smaller tasks that need to get done. And I'm going to play out two different scenarios. And what I want you to consider is how do you think you'd feel in each of these situations? Okay. Situation number one, it's Friday. You've worked all five days of the week for eight hours a day. And you've accomplished 17 of the smaller tasks, but only two of those five big tasks. How do you think you'd feel? Now let's compare that. Situation number two, also Friday. You've also worked all five days of the week, eight hours a day. You accomplished five out of five of the bigger tasks, but only four of the smaller 20 tasks. How do you think you'd feel? Now, there's no right or wrong answer to this question. It's all hypothetical. But in most cases, people prefer the situation where all five of the large tasks are completed and we didn't finish all of the smaller tasks. 
typically people sleep well at night knowing they accomplish the five most challenging assignments. On the flip side, even if you complete all 20 of the smaller tasks, it's going to be harder to sleep at night knowing not those five tasks are still looming. And this is what this program is all about. Now, if you're feeling a little hyped up because you think you are completing those five or more big tasks per week, hang with me. There are so many emails, Teams messages, text messages, Zendesk tickets, and Yardi orders flying around. Simply put, there's no longer a day where every single thing on your to-do list is completed. Even if you're amazing at prioritizing, we still may need a big reset on what it means to have a fully complete work week. To illustrate this, I want to share a parable that I once heard. It goes like this. A philosophy professor stood before his class and had some items in front of him. When the class began, he picked up a large empty jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full, and they agreed that it was. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar, and he shook the jar lightly. The pebbles rolled into the open areas between the rocks, and he asked the students again if the jar was full, and they agreed that it was. The professor picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar, shook it, and of course the sand filled up everything else. And he addressed the class and said, I want you to recognize that this is your life. The rocks are the important things, your family, partner, your health, your children, things that if everything else was lost and only they remained, your life would still be full. The pebbles are the other things that matter, like your job, your house, your car. The sand is everything else, the small stuff. If you put the sand into the jar first, there is no room for the pebbles or the rocks, and the same goes for your life. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are important to you. Pay attention to the things that are critical to your happiness. Play with your children. Take time to get medical checkups. Take your partner out dancing. There will always be time to go to work, clean the house, give a dinner party, and change a light bulb. Take care of the rocks first, the things that really matter. Set your priorities. The rest is just sand. One of the students raised her hand because she noticed that on the table was sitting a beer. The professor smiled, cracked the beer, poured it into the jar full of rocks, pebbles, and sand, and said, I'm glad you asked. It just goes to show that no matter how full your life may seem, there's always room for a beer. Okay. I love this story. And if it were me, frankly, I would pour like a latte or a glass of wine instead of a beer, but you get the drift. I think that this analogy is perfect for our industry. Too many of us are filling up our work day with sand and pebbles instead of prioritizing our big rock items. If you go back to the parable, work was not a rock. It was a pebble. Many of us are confusing what's a pebble versus what's a rock. And this is tough to navigate. We work in an industry where customer service is like the top priority and we're rated and graded on our satisfaction surveys and tenant ratings. I'll never forget a client who was working on not checking emails during the evenings and weekends. 
we'd had some big discussions on what's a rock versus what's a pebble. One Saturday afternoon, she was out on a date with her significant other and she shut her phone off during a movie. When they got out of the movie, she checked her phone and her inbox had blown up. An owner got word of a negative tenant response and they wanted answers immediately. So the question here is, is this a rock or is this a pebble? When my client recounted the story to me, she shared that prior to doing thought work, she would have panicked and let the asset manager's needs take over her whole weekend. Instead, she could see that this wasn't an actual emergency and that it was her responsibility to set boundaries for what she would and would not respond to on nights and weekends. Now, what she chose to do may not work for you, and that's okay. Remember that your journey through this program is going to look different than everyone else's. In month two, we're going to focus on identifying our rocks and pebbles. And in month three, we're going to remove some of the sand to make room for more lattes and beer or whatever it is that you want. What I mean by that is month two, we're going to focus on ramping up prioritization. And then month three, we're going to focus on reducing bad habits. But before we can do any of that, we have to have a strong foundation. So month one is all about creating a habit of completing thought work. If you remember the intro video, we talked about how this process is much like putting together the pieces of a puzzle. You're going to try out a bunch of pieces over and over again until it starts coming together. No one expects you to put each piece in exactly as it's supposed to be on the first try. When people put a puzzle together, they typically start with the edges and then they'll group pieces based on color or texture. This month, month one, we're starting with the edges of the puzzle. We're going to start with some foundational concepts that you will use over and over and over again. And as you go through the month, I want you to play with these in your own thought work. Thought work is how you actively solve your own problems through the process of journaling. Now, many people will journal and they'll just show up to the page and just recount the day or complain about something in their life. Thought work is going one step further and trying to solve the problems that you're facing in your life. It requires you to ask yourself amazing questions and give yourself fully honest answers. It requires you to challenge your beliefs and actively decide if those beliefs are working for you or not. A belief is just a thought that you have thought over and over and over again to the point that your brain no longer needs to process it or think it over. The brain just assumes it's true. If you look back on the example of my client at the movie, she formerly had a belief that she needed to respond to her asset manager 24-7 no matter what. Anytime he emailed, she did not stop and question. She stopped what she was doing and responded. And this became a habit, also known as a neural pathway. Now, neural pathways are created in our brain and are based on our habits and behaviors. In order to change our neural pathways and habits, we have to slow down our thinking and find those beliefs that your brain automatically thinks are true. And once you find them, you have to think about them again and ask yourself, 
Do I even want to believe this anymore? Does believing this help me or harm me? In the case of my client, she decided that no, unless a building is legitimately on fire, it does not benefit her or her employer to respond to work emails 24-7. It simply tuckered her out into a state of burnout that was then carried into her regular work hours. Now, how did she get there? It was simple, by doing thought work. The power of thought work is incredible. When I think of some of the biggest challenges that I've overcome, things like buying my first rental property, running a marathon, or even just switching from residential management to commercial management, or starting this coaching business, I was able to do all of it through thought work. Doing thought work expedites the process of evaluating those automatic beliefs and turning them around so that we can change our habits quicker. So many of us believe that it's the circumstances of our lives and the things that happen to us that cause how we feel. But in reality, it's our thoughts about the circumstance that cause our feelings. Just like we're going to create more work-life balance by choosing to work intentionally as opposed to reactively, we're going to do the same with our thinking. We're going to get in the habit of thinking intentionally instead of thinking habitually. We create results by choosing to think consciously, but there's a problem. Most of us don't know what we're thinking. And it's important to acknowledge what we're thinking because thoughts are what create our feelings and our emotions. The purpose of emotion is to get us to take an action of some kind. Emotions are crucial because they affect the actions that we're going to take next. Example here, when it came to starting my business, I had a repeated thought. I've never done this before. I never created an LLC. I'd never run a Facebook ad. I'd never taught a concept to another person. I'd never written my own content. And at first that thought, I've never done this before, caused me to feel scared. And when I was scared, I ended up not taking any action. I just kept dreaming about becoming a coach. I just kept dreaming about bringing these concepts to the property management industry. I had so many tools that I'd learned from other coaches, but because I was scared, I didn't share them with any of my coworkers. The feeling of scared kept my actions very small. However, once I started getting in the habit of self-reflection, everything changed. Soon, the thought, I'd never done this before, actually made me feel excited. When I started thinking intentionally and generating excitement, I started doing things. I signed up for trainings. I launched my website. I wrote articles for Medium. I reached out to practice coaching on my friends, and I learned essentially how to start a business. In order for us to take new actions, we have to think new thoughts. In order for those new thoughts to take hold, we have to get rid of those existing thoughts that aren't serving us. Think of it like cleaning out your closet. (laughs) What we want to do is take all of the sentences out of your brain so that you can decide which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to say goodbye to. When you say goodbye to a few thoughts, you actually have more space in your mind to bring in new ones. And it's those new thoughts, the ones that we consciously chose that push us to do the things that we've never done before. All right. So 
I've like boosted thought work and why it's useful and why you should do it. So how do you do it? I'm going to give you a general breakdown of how to get started, but I encourage you to add in your own practices that you adopt from other people and find ways to make this very enjoyable to you so that it's a habit you want to repeat. Step one is very simple. Just write down everything that you're thinking. Don't edit yourself. It doesn't need to be in a certain topic. It doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to sound smart. It doesn't even need to be polite. All we want to do is get it out of our brains and on to the paper so that we can create some space in your mind. The point is to stop censoring yourself so that you can get a really good look at what's going on. When you can see what's going on, you finally give yourself the power to effect actual change in your life. If you don't know what to write about, trust me, there will be plenty of worksheets within the course that you can use to find topics to write about and ask yourself amazing questions. Okay. And the next part of the process, once you have that initial thought download completed, I want you to read back through it and find the sentence that either causes the most pain or for whatever reason, like that thought just bothers you. When you pick one thought to work on, we can then start to narrow in that feeling and find all of those actions that are sparking from that feeling. It's our actions that get us the results in our lives. And that's why it's so worth it to look at what's causing us pain and causing us to play small. When we get close to that pain, we can start uncovering ways to make it feel better. Now that you have the sentence that you want to work on, it's time for step three, which is start asking questions. We want to uncover why we think those thoughts. When we start asking why, we can start to uncover whether or not those thoughts are actually true or if it's one of those thoughts that we can just send to the goodwill. Our brain thinks over 6,000 thoughts a day, or if you're anything like me, that number is probably over 10,000. But even at that, not all of the thoughts that we think are actually true. And this is important to know because if the thought isn't true, but it's driving your actions, it's no wonder that we aren't always getting the results that we want. Within this section of the course, I've included a list of questions for you so that you can practice this part of the process. Now, you do not need to answer all of the questions. Basically, after you've finished your thought download and picked a thought that you want to work on, just pick two or three questions from that sheet to answer and go write down your responses. All right. Number four, after you've questioned the thought, challenged it a little bit, now you get to decide if you want to keep it change it, or just get rid of it altogether. This is where we kind of start to Marie Kondo our thoughts. You will find thoughts that are not serving you. And this is great because now we can start to consider, if I don't believe this thought, what do I want to choose to think instead? And that's the fun part. What do I want to think? What do I want to believe? When we think deliberately and intentionally, we change our experience of the world. Keep in mind, like that thought, I, I've never done this before. That used to make me feel scared, but now it feels exciting. And because of that excitement, I am self-employed as a life coach. It's really not a bad trade-off when all it takes is a pen, paper, and 15 minutes of your time every day. So the next common question is how often should I do a thought download? 
And my answer is every single day. (laughs) I know it sounds like a big ask, but I'm telling you that making this a daily practice has made all of my dreams come true. And because of that, I am able to dream bigger and bigger goals for myself, things that I never thought possible. Even if all you have is five minutes, spending time uncovering what's going on in your mind will completely change your life. And if you're struggling to find 15 minutes a day to journal, you are definitely in the right course. That said, don't judge yourself if you miss a day of writing or if writing just doesn't come easily to you. Simply commit to spending time understanding your thoughts so that you can continue to Marie Kondo what's going on in your brain. I'm going to give you plenty of worksheets and questions to take with you. I promise you that you will not be at a shortage of things to write about. We all have habits that are holding us back. And all of those habits are coming from the thoughts and beliefs that we're thinking. When we stop to actually look at those thoughts, we have so much more power to change our habits. If we slow down and look at our thinking, you're going to find so many things that you didn't know were there. I promise you that if you commit to continually doing the work of getting in touch with your thoughts, you are going to blow your own damn mind. Okay. It's me again on the podcast. The video is now complete. So again, every episode invite people to sign up for our journal questions. I cannot stress enough that too many people are just listening to podcasts and or reading self-help books and not taking the time to evaluate how these principles could work for themselves. There is a huge difference between listening to something and then turning around and creating your own thoughts and feelings and putting them on paper. That is how you make change, right? So again, I'm going to invite you to take this to the next level and sign up for our journal questions. They're completely free Every time that we release a new episode, you are on our email list so that you get those questions delivered directly to your inbox. So hop on over, check it out. That's annahavaliana.com slash journal. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in volcano, E-L-L-A-N-A slash journal. All right, everyone. Until next time, I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.